to the Muddy Pulpit Podcast, where two pastors talk about the questions that keep your faith up at night. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Muddy Pulpit Podcast. It's our 10th episode. Yikes, we're actually doing this. (laughs) So today, we're going to talk about something that I think is huge, and it's a question that everybody... I think has wrestled with, which is how does being a Christian influence our vocational calling in life? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm guessing a lot of you don't feel called into ministry. You're not a professional minister. You're not working in the church. And you might have a a degree or a title or a job capacity that, that has put you outside of the church, and you're doing... Uh, you're doing secular things. You're in a secular industry. Maybe it's contracting. Maybe it's uh, plumbing, electrical work, whatever, dentistry, whatever the case is. I'm sure you've probably asked this question to yourself. How is my job influencing the kingdom of heaven? How how are my Christian values shaping my work ethic, etc.? So, I don't know, Kyle, do you have any any questions about this you know what we really want to see is um is that someone lives their christian life seven days a week yeah and that that they aren't just christian on sunday mornings and wednesday nights and then whenever they go to work they turn off the christian switch and then they are just secular and live a normal whatever life but instead being a Christian, informing all of your decisions, all of your business practices, the way that you handle people, all of those aspects, that's really what we're shooting for. Yeah, yeah. So on one level, this is kind of an ethical question. So, you know, what what are Christian virtues and values that shape our businesses and our business practices? But on a second level, what is our specific calling? So what has, what is God calling us to do. Now, I'm I'm a believer in a, a to answer that second question, there's everybody has a general calling. It's the great commission. Mm-hmm. Our job is to go out, preach the gospel, make new disciples, baptize people. That's that's kind of our general calling as Christians. But you know, even Jesus had a day job, even Paul had a day job. Mm-hmm. You know they had they were doing other things to help pay the bills, and and Paul speaks specifically of that word calling in, in Ephesians four one when he says lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Yeah. So for those of us who who struggle perhaps with figuring out what their calling is, uh, which I'm sure we all struggle we all have struggled with or are currently struggling with, uh, for some folks, you know what Paul says there in, in that scripture is might be difficult to to sort out, especially if you don't feel like there's this burning drive to do something. At at the same time, even if you do feel a burning drive to that call, if you feel that call, and let's say you'd love to be able to do a full-time ministry, like we we are just gifted with this opportunity, Gordon, that, that we can... Put dedicate all of our time to to ministering with people and loving on people and sharing the word, but if if you don't, does that mean then that your calling is is not as important and that 
you can't live out the gospel or you can't do what you feel like you're called to do. Now, here's a here's a crazy statement. Here's a muddy part here. I think that people who were who are not full-time pastors in a church can have a larger, bigger Christian impact on the world and and minister to people in a bigger way sometimes than even we can who were who were pastors. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think part of that is because being in the church, being a professional minister, we have a kind of box that that we're living in. <laughs> and it it is the four walls of the church. And yes, we we can step outside of the church and we do that and you know our our role in the community can can definitely be more prominent. But there's little things that you can do perhaps as a school teacher, perhaps as a dentist or a doctor or a lawyer that we can't do because our role as a minister of the word and sacrament is mainly coming from the pulpit and kind of what we're doing in church. And whenever we make a statement about uh, the Christian faith, somebody out in the community would say, oh, well, you know, you we would expect you to say that. You're a pastor, you know, that's... Uh, but but the or, or inviting somebody to the church, uh, you know, I'd expect an invitation from the pastor. That's uh, so. In those ways, it, we're kind of we lose our 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 power in that way. But but if someone who was not a pastor who who shared Christ with other people or who invited someone to church, that's that's even that's a much bigger impact on yeah. people's lives than those who are say let's say paid to do it. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that might help us form an answer to this question, which is the reason why a non-clergy person might have a, a better impact when it comes to evangelism, comes to their work ethic, is because when God is made the center of your life, mm. you see everything as being in service of God. You kind of you see the whole world as God's world. You see everything that's been given to you as God's property, as Mm -hmm. God's resources. Mm -hmm. And you have a sort of responsibility to manage that well. And that, I think, is our first Christian value, stewardship. Mm -hmm. Being a good steward is perhaps one of our... um, our first considerations when thinking about our vocational calling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you how do you share the gifts that God has given you? And you know, I I, I circle back around to that gifts piece and to say that recognize that there are many different gifts that God gives, and you know, there's only one of them that's preaching, <laughs> and and all the rest of them are are equally as powerful and and you mentioned teaching just a minute ago the the impact of teachers on on their students is is powerful is yeah. powerful and and I think of one person in particular Louise here in our church who who just retired and um, spent her career she was a math teacher that I don't the last I checked I don't think math necessarily is a Christian vocation um but boy, she turned it into one because 
um, <laughs> the the impact she made on those children. Um, you know, I I heard from many of the students up there that she was just the most loved teacher. And and I'd ask that question. Well, well, why? You know, why why wasn't she? They would say, well, because she cares about us. Because yeah. she goes above and beyond. She shows up to work an hour early just so that we can all come and meet in her classroom and you know have a little bit of extra study time. And you know, it's not she wasn't saying anything about per se. You need to come to Jesus or get saved or any of that kind of stuff. It was just the fact that she loved on them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's another great value is just loving your brother and sister in Christ and loving other people as though Christ loved them. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you do that, you will see people as ends unto themselves rather than means to an end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that, I think, is another uh, value that we have as Christians is that we don't see people as dispensable or expendable or or any anything like that like, that's really good I like that yeah we we see people as being part of a transformative process mm-hmm. and we're committed to that you know here's a biblical word a covenantal relationship with that person no matter what we're doing mm-hmm. you know we could be pulling their teeth out as a dentist we could be teaching them math we could be plumbing their toilet <laughs> uh, you know whatever the case is, you know, we, we see people in that relational context, and that, I think, is huge. That can inform anything that you do. Yeah, yeah. So another thought, perhaps, you know, going back um, to the fact that, uh, you know, Paul was a tent maker, Jesus was a carpenter, um, something that I've thought about is that, you know, there are kind of two people in this world. There's the work-to-live types, and then the live-to-work types. So some people, they see their job, their work, as giving them meaning, value, and purpose. It's, you know, they, they wake up with that sense that um, they could do vocationally what they're doing for free, you know, or they would do it for free. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like you don't need to pay people to kind of do to do that. It's their true passion and, and pleasure to do their work. But there's others who, you know, they just kind of see job or, or any job as, as just a way to make ends meet, pay the bills, so that they can go out and have fun, get toys, and and do what, what gives them uh, the most pleasure. Mm-hmm. So how do we contextualize that with our Christian values and how do we balance that with a sense of calling, Kyle? What do you think? Well, that's that's really a, another good, great question. I, I, a thought comes to my head of a professor in seminary that talked about your Christian vocation and um, you as a pastor, and the fact that you know you get paid to minister. And he he had a big problem with that. Yeah. And he he changed that language. He said, actually, you don't get paid to be a pastor. Um, you are called into a ministry, and you dedicate your life to minister to other people. Now, you can be you could be a pastor, you could be a teacher, dentist, you know, whatever, um, but you're called to minister in that way. Luckily, we have the opportunity that that a church then subsidizes us so that we don't have to get an outside job so that we can do what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. 
which That's is right. which is really kind of a you know a, a totally different way of looking at it. But yeah. I, I like that in that we are we are not being paid to minister to people. Right. We right. we're being freed up. Yep. So that we can go and we don't have to have a second job because there's a lot of pastors out there who being a pastor is you know is just a their their second job. They have to work in other ways, yep. and we're just so blessed here. Yeah. And I think our our denomination um, uses that language of you know we're not hiring people to do a job uh, we're not compensating them the, the i think the language if you want to look at the details is that a congregation calls a pastor and then that congregation agrees to effectually take care of that pastor yeah so that the pastor can take care of the congregation yeah and again that that speaks back to that covenantal relationship value of what what it means to be in a relationship with people so I think the other piece, or maybe another value that's getting here is looking at the big picture. Like, what is, what is God's plan for us as a whole, for the whole church? Mm-hmm. And what can we do to partner with God to kind of get there? Mm-hmm. And I think having that perspective can kind of help frame... If we're wrestling with this issue of what we want to do for a living, it can help frame our wrestling in that way. And this is something that I used to struggle with uh, before I was called into ministry, and I, you know, I I, I was all over the place um, before I joined the Navy. I thought I was going to be a high school history teacher. Um, even while I was in the Navy, I felt like God was maybe tugging on me to do electronics because that's what I was trained to do, but um, none of that really f- sat right or, or felt right with me and, and until I was called into ministry. And um, I think part of, part of my calling is, is based on the fact that I'm, I'm adding value to the kingdom of heaven, that when I come to work every day, the thing that I'm doing, whatever it is, a project, a program, if I'm working on a Bible study, or, or even just writing an email to people about you know, just normal business things, what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm adding value to the kingdom of heaven. Mm. I'm enriching the church's influence in the world. So you might ask yourself, well, okay, if you're not a pastor and you're not waking up every day doing the things that Kyle and I do, how can I enrich the kingdom? How can I add value to the world as a Christian? So I, I want to look at, first of all, just a few references in Scripture that, that kind of address that, and then, I, and then yeah, I'd like to— Yeah, we need to consult the answer book. Yeah, this, the answer book. Yeah. And, then, and then I want to look at specific careers and of people that I've experienced and, and how they minister. So— so to start off with, you got Matthew five sixteen, which um, which says, "Let your light shine, so shine before men, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven." Yeah, very clear yep. answer and guidance of how to live your life. Uh, Colossians three seventeen says, "And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and to the Father through Him." Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. 
And then finally, Titus 3.14 says, Let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. And so all of those really inform every aspect of your life and and that you live your life out in a way that it impacts other people. And and I can think of great examples in my life. Just a couple weeks ago, I I, I took Alex to go um, get his eyes checked at the optometrist. And, Turns um, out he has Superman vision, <laughs> and, he, and he does. He's, everything else is Superman as well. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, and so the the doctor that that we saw is actually you know a, a friend of mine in the community, um, and uh, and I know is a an active church member of of another church, um, but is a good Presbyterian. And and <laughs> I was I was so pleased to see when I when I went into the office. You know, you got all these multiple directions you go whenever you go into a doctor's office, and and each each doctor has their own rooms or whatever. And his rooms, uh, his room that we went into had scriptures that mm. were up on the wall that were stenciled onto the wall. Wow! And and you know, it, That's whether a great witness, yeah, whether he yeah. whether he he tells people about Christ or not, uh, when you walk in and you see that, that can be an indication for you that, okay, this is a, this is a strong Christian. Um, it could also be a word for somebody who does not know Christ, and they can just see that word of encouragement. They were all just uh, words of encouragement on, on sight and on being able to see. Now, I know that you had mentioned um, that, that Brett had, had said something possibly about, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Whenever you see a fish on a door, as to whether or not, um, you know, whether or not you want to go into a, a Christian place for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, some of us might have had bad experiences, you know, working with a, a Christian business owner because, you know, maybe they think, well, if I make some mistakes, you know, Jesus will forgive me, and I don't, you know, need to do the best that I can, and yada yada. And I think. You know, if if that's your impression of of some Christian businesses, then you know that's unfortunate, um, because I think what what we want to you know present here is that's not necessarily the the model that Jesus is calling us into for for our businesses. You know, the the scriptures that that Kyle read, I think, speak to a commitment to excellence mm-hmm. for starters. That's another value, mm-hmm. but also doing right by people. Mm-hmm. And it can be really frustrating when you patronize a Christian business that that does you wrong. Yeah. And you and you might be thinking, well, you know, if Jesus is the most important thing in, in this guy's life, why doesn't he care about his job as much as his relationship yeah. with Jesus? And I think that is the very issue that kind of cuts to all of these questions that, that we're asking. Mm-hmm. Is you know, if God is the most important thing in your life, then you have to subject everything to God. You have to see everything as God sees it. You have to use everything as though God is giving you permission to use it. You don't own anything. Your job is not your job. Your business is not your business. It's God's business. It's God's job. God has put you where you need to be. Well, and it's for that reason that that whenever I flip through the yellow pages and I do see, you know, I, I say I, I need a painter and and they have a big page spread there and there's a little fish in it in the corner. <laughs> and, and I see that and see, I think those things, I think positive things. Yeah. Oh, I can trust this person. Now, I'm not trying to 
I'm not choosing this person because they're a Christian over a different religion or you know whatever, and and I just want to endorse Christian people. That's that's not it. Yeah. It's it's much more of oh, well that person lives by a certain standard mm-hmm. that that I really value, and that that is you know a higher level of of ethics, hopefully, mm-hmm. a higher level, uh, you know, that you can be able to trust that person. It, let's say you were you were to, to get a carpenter, and, um, you know, the carpenter is going to be working at your house, and you got to go to work, and nobody's going to be looking over that carpenter's shoulder. I, I would like to know that that carpenter's not going to be cutting corners, and that they're going to be doing the right thing with a lot of integrity. And I would hope that putting a fish on your business, or saying that you're Christian, or you know, someone knowing that you come from a Christian background, a Christian home, um, I, I would hope that that would that would put you at ease to say this is a trustworthy person. Yeah, yeah. And that's not to say that there's that other people are not trustworthy. Yeah, though. they're kind of they're kind of just faking it. You know, they they put the Jesus fish on their logo because they know they're they're going to get some business because of that. Right. But I think maybe to kind of wrap this all up, um, how. Christianity, how Christian virtues and, and ethics influ- influence our, our, our work ethic and the way we, we conduct ourselves, the way we manage our businesses, is really in terms of our witness. And that is kind of the most important thing we have to consider if we're doing anything out in the community, if we're serving other people, whether or not we're baking cakes, flipping burgers, pulling teeth, whatever, it's how am I being a good witness to Christ? Mm-hmm. And the, in my opinion, the the one thing that people see immediately is your attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, if you walk into a Christian store or, or Christian-owned store, let me be clear about that, and you know that the owner's a Christian, but they're just, you know, acting rude and disrespectful and, and all of that, you know that their attitude is, I think, hurting their witness, yeah. and that I think is, you know, if if you have, if this is the only thing you take away from our conversation today, it's, you know, is to ask yourself, how is my attitude impacting my witness? Whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Kyle, do we have an attitude problem? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the world does. Maybe yeah. maybe that's that's what keeps you and me in business, right? Yeah. So we have to keep reminding people that uh, <clears throat> that we need to live this way. Yeah. I, I think as we as we do close up here and and we move towards a prayer, I, I would I would acknowledge, you know, a couple things, and that is, um, I've heard of of physicians who who pray with their patients mm. before they go into yeah. surgery or they have a procedure. Yeah. I also know of uh, physicians, you know, here in our church, who tell me that they pray before they it, they before they walk into the room, the patient's room, and and that's that's not necessarily because they're tr- going to try to go in there and convince people that they need to get saved, but because they they ask God for for to to use the gifts effectively that they can make the right decisions, and so being able to. Lean on God in in all that you do is a yeah. critical aspect. And so, what 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 you know nobody knows about me preaching on Sunday mornings is every Sunday morning before I stand up there to preach, I'm sitting in my seat over there, 
in in my own little zone for a moment, just just praying, yeah. praying that that God come into the space, God come into me. Please use these words that I speak that they may not be mine, but could be yours, and um, and that I'm just I'm just a vessel that's being used for your glory. And I think that I think that everybody in every vocation can say that same prayer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. It doesn't matter if we're welding pipes together, if we're writing on a chalkboard, if we're giving optometry exams, we can be prayerful mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. before we set out to do any task, and we can ask God to bless what we're doing. Amen. And I think that is just, I think, puts a nice bow on this conversation as we draw it into prayer. You want to close us out, Kyle? Yeah, let's pray. Gracious God, may the works that we do glorify you. May our hands build um, your kingdom. May our hearts reach out and love on those who are your children that, um, that so desperately need to feel your love and embrace in their life. God, everything that we do, every word that we say, may it be glory to you and that we may live fully out as a Christian living in a world um, following the way of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Muddy Pulpit Podcast is a production of First Presbyterian Church of Greenwood, South Carolina. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your questions to Gordon at firstgreenwood.com or use the voice message feature on the Anchor app. Thanks and have a great day.